Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Welcome to the 53rd episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Supply Lines. I am your host, Michael Cohen, and with me as always is my faithful co-pilot, uh, Matt Crinky. Say hi, Matt. Hey. <laughs> hey, Clone Wars fans, we're back. And Mike, you sound a little better. It sounds like maybe you had a few death sticks or spent some time yeah. in the back to tank or I don't know what it is. Some yeah, panther yeah. meat. I don't know. You sound a little better, though. That's good. Yeah, and thank you to everybody who uh, <laughs> who sent me messages and stuff like that. Like, I got a few messages on Facebook and that sort of thing with people going like, hey, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, it was just a cold. It oh, wasn't cool. a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so I'm over it now. Uh, normally, I would have just waited to record, but being that it was the season premiere and everything, I didn't want to keep you guys hanging. So yeah. that's why I recorded even in my terrible state. Uh, but I, I should be good now. We're all good. We're all fine here now. How are you? Uh, so <laughs> so right. we got tons. We got tons and tons and tons. So let's get right into it. All right, let's do it. Get ready. This is it. How do I get Yes. Uh, right. I thought you might say that. What are you talking about? Well, everybody thank me at once. That doesn't sound too hard. So what I told you was true. From a certain point of view, everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> Alrighty then. So the first thing we got up as far as news is the Clone Wars magazine, the Star Wars The Clone Wars magazine. Uh, the first issue is slated to come out on October 5th. And it says, uh, coming to newsstands and comic stores near you on October 5th is the all-new Star Wars The Clone Wars magazine bursting with action and adventure in the first awesome issue you find out about your favorite characters and vehicles with in-depth profiles and revisit some classic the clone wars moments with episode guides there's also a chance to win a bundle of fantastic hasbro toys in the issue one competition plus if you've not had a chance to check out sony online entertainment's new clone wars adventures virtual world now is the time as there's a code for one month for a one month free trial in this issue uh, the magazine is chock full of games and puzzles and uh, sure to entertain all. Each issue will also feature mini The Clone Wars comic adventure, eight pages of pure action, 
Issue 1's story is called The Droid Deception and finds Jedi Masters Mace Windu and Obi-Wan Kenobi on a Geonosian shipyard in deep space. Will they succeed in denting Grievous' ability to maintain his vast fleet, or are they walking into a Separatist trap? Find out only in the Star Wars The Clone Wars Magazine number 1. So there's a uh, we actually have a photo of that, and we're looking at it. It's got, uh, of course, the main characters. you got Obi-Wan. Anakin and Ahsoka, and I had no idea this magazine was coming out. Yeah, I don't know if this is a. Is this supposed to be like a a, a children's version of like uh, the uh, The insider? The insider. Um, I'm trying to figure out. No, I think it's just a Star Wars specific magazine or Clone Wars specific magazine, I should say. Um, Okay. uh, Yeah, I think they're just trying to sort of capitalize on the fact that the Clone Wars has got this huge audience. Yeah, and uh, and you know just take advantage of that. So um, it did. It totally came out of nowhere. Um, my guess now here's here's, and this is purely speculation. So don't take it as anything other than speculation. But okay. <clears throat> my guess is that they were probably sitting around talking about the next issue of Star Wars Insider, saying like, well, we have all of this Clone Wars content, but the whole magazine can't be Clone Wars what are we going to do? And like some of this stuff will be wasted if we don't put it out right now and all that sort of thing. So they probably went, well, you know what? We've got enough content here for an entire magazine. Why don't we just put out a Clone Wars magazine? And that's probably yeah. why it came together so quickly because yeah. it was probably like three months ago that they were like, the show's launching a new season and we got all this stuff and we can do a Clone Wars specific issue of The Insider or we can like just you know do our own magazine. So they probably probably decided like let's let's do the magazine. Um, here's the big thing nowadays. I don't know when the last time you bought like a Star Wars Insider or one of those magazines or any, any of that sort of stuff was, but <clears throat> back in the day when it was Star Wars Galaxy Insider, mm-hmm. we, uh, no Galaxy Collector, Star Wars Galaxy Collector. I think that's what it was, and it was being published by Topps. Um, the magazine was thick. There was a lot of content from cover to cover. And we're talking about a time when there really wasn't a heck of a lot. Like, this is... Wow, Galaxy Collector was probably in its heyday, like, around the time of Shadows of the Empire. Um, special mm-hmm. edition mm-hmm. sort of sort of time. Uh, right, you know, like, in that, in that mid-90s era. Right, right. Yeah, um, when the Power of the Force stuff started all coming out again and, and all of that. And that magazine was thick. It had a lot of content, and it was well worth the, uh, the $8 or so that they were asking at the time, which was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the price hasn't gone down, and, I mean, the Galaxy Collector has disappeared. It's no longer a magazine because Tops doesn't publish anything. Now it's... Um, it's the Insider, which used to just be the fan, the fan club magazine, right? Right. I thought it was like the Lucasfilm magazine yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the Lucasfilm and magazine. Bantha track. Yeah. Yeah, and and, uh, and it's become Star Wars Insider and and uh, been made uh, available to the general public. Uh, since then, the magazine has slowly gotten smaller and smaller to the point where like it. Really, when you crack one open, it, if they do one without like a plastic cover or whatever. Um, like in out of a plastic bag, um, there isn't a heck of a lot in them, and what there is a lot of is advertising. 
Right. And so for them to decide to do two magazines a month, not really a heck of a lot because I bet you anything, if you put the two cover to cover, uh, you'd be getting like what you would have gotten back in the nineties. Um, and I'm not trying to like come down on, on, uh, on the publishing company. I think empire publishing or whatever puts these out, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the same people who do like the Buffy and yeah, right. right. Um, Supernatural and Smallville magazines. Not that it's a lot of those are no longer in print, and that's the reason why these magazines are so small now is because they can't afford to uh, to to do these huge magazines. Because back in '95 to '98, nobody was on the internet, and everything like that's that was how we were getting information. Like that's how I got all my information back in in 96 97 that's how i knew that the special editions were coming out exactly that's how yeah. I knew what new toys were on the shelves and all that sort of thing was was by reading about it in magazines so um magazines have really like sort of taken a big hit in the oh, last yeah. Yeah. couple of years especially like you, you you put the factor in uh the internet and then the economy and it's kind of it's bad news for magazine publishers which is unfortunate because like uh, having a magazine can sometimes be a bit more like i prefer i would prefer to get my information that way if it were yeah just as quick <laughs> yeah uh, no you're yeah because i don't particularly like to stare at a screen so <laughs> well I, that's why this story was kind of intriguing to me because with the like you said the insider basically over the last few years just kind of slowly uh the you know just kind of deteriorating trying to find a better word but you know it hasn't it wasn't as good as it was when i was reading it i stopped um collecting that magazine because they changed publishers a lot of times and um it just kind of went downhill a little bit and and to see a new magazine come out like you said with the internet now it's everything's through the internet even the even the star wars internet i mean the star wars internet the star wars insider you can get with an you know an online subscription where you can have it just you can pull it up on your computer. Uh, you know, you could buy it that way, and that's where I think everything's going now. And, and to see another magazine now, you know, if there was any ma- any any show that could hold its own magazine, it's probably the Clone Wars. There's there's a lot to cover, and there's been you know we're on our third season now, and it's looking like there's going to be quite a few more, probably you know three or four more, I would say. So it's probably going to be enough to to handle its own magazine. But uh, yeah, kind of you know not really. Uh, what I was thinking about when uh, when I saw this is like, wow, you know, another magazine. Let's let's see how it does, you know, and geared at kids. So maybe they're trying to something different. See if they can get. Uh, but I'll check it out. What the heck? Next time I go into a bookstore, I'll check it out. So, but uh, look for that on October fifth. It looks like it hits newsstand. So check that out. What else we got going on in news? Uh, we got some info for Family Guy. It's a trap, uh, which is the third, <laughs> yeah. the third installment of the Family Guy Star Wars trilogy. Uh, it, it'll be spoofing re- uh, Revenge, uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, so we got a little little piece from TV shows on DVD.com. Uh, they're providing. Uh, they've got new details on pricing and bonus features for the December twenty first release of Family Guy. It's a trap. Not only do we have pricing for the individual episode, but we also have pricing for the trilogy sets of Blue Harvest, something, 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 Dark Side, and It's a Trap. So 
here we go. This is uh, this is the info. Uh, it's a trap on DVD. Will be twenty two ninety eight uh, in the U S. Twenty five ninety eight in Canada, um, which I appreciate them having that pricing there for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then the Blu Ray will be twenty nine ninety nine uh, American and thirty two ninety nine. Canadian and I mean those are the suggested retail prices yeah so you'll find it cheaper could, than that. yeah you could probably find it on sale on launch at like Best Buy or future shop. especially the first week yeah so, yeah um, and then we've got the uh, the Family Guy Star Wars trilogy DVD which is what I've been waiting for uh, and Blu-ray which will be uh, the DVD set is 35 American 47 Canadian uh, or uh, for the Blu-ray it's uh, 40 American not 50 Canadian. Yeah. So, um, go for the prices. And then we've got just like a list of bonus features for, uh, for it's a trap. Uh, there's going to be a trivial pursuit dinner and a movie, which, uh, we'll see what that is. Family guy at comic-con 2010, Peter Shin draws. I I don't know who Peter Shin is, but yeah, making the scene animatic and original voiceover skip. Uh, so yeah, the same for the Blu-ray and DVD. Yeah, yeah. Look I'm looking forward, forward to that in, in December. That that'll be cool. Yeah, it's it's so funny. I mean, I I, I constantly put these on because they're only like around an hour, and yeah. uh, you know if I'm sitting around somewhere, I have them on my uh, my iPhone, and oh man, they're funny every time you watch them. Uh, but so I'm looking really really looking forward to uh, it's a trap to see how they finish off. And as we know, that's going to be probably the last one they do. But hopefully, like they said, they'll take uh, a shot at the Indiana Jones uh, movie. So that'll be fun to see if they do yeah, that. Yeah, so, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the last thing we got is uh, some, some book stuff. And it uh, looks like Red Harvest gets a red-tinted cover. And this is through StarWars.com. And they have a look at Joe Schreiber's second Star Wars horror novel, which is called Red Harvest. And, uh, you know, that was a very popular book that came out, the first book that kind of tackled the Star Wars genre with, or the Star Wars with the uh, horror genre, and did very well with Death Troopers. Um, and he's got his next book coming out on December 28th called Red Harvest. And the, the book cover is kind of interesting because it has a, if I had to guess, it looks like some type of a, maybe a dark Jedi or a Sith Lord who's, who's got some uh, teeth showing and maybe some blood coming down his, his chin. Uh, if you blow that up, you can see that. My, I don't know if you get to see that, Mike. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it looks like there might be like a, light, a red lightsaber. That's why I think it's probably some type of a dark Jedi or, or a Sith Lord because uh, it looks like there's sort of cut off as a lightsaber there. So uh, fans of Joe Schreiber's book, um, I'm sure they're looking forward to this one coming out on the 28th. I didn't realize it was coming out so fast either. Uh, just that quick, he's got something else coming. So, no details yet as to what it is about. But uh, like I said, if you take a look at the cover, you can kind of uh, looks like it's going to be pretty good with some maybe Sith Sith type influence in there. So, uh, December twenty eighth, check that out. Uh, with that, uh, we got some a few collecting things too. Um, I wanted to start off, Mike, with. Uh, Toys R Us once again is is having a big sale, and uh, through this end of this week, I believe it's Saturday is when it ends. 
there's quite a few things uh, Star Wars related at Toys R Us that you can get. Uh, I mean, they got um, Clone Wars figures, Saga Legends figures. You can get two for eleven ninety nine. That's that's a pretty good deal. You ain't gonna beat that anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the Boba Fett helmet's twenty five percent off. You know, tons of items are. 10, okay, you 20. want you want to hear something really funny? Oh. Uh, I, I don't know that I could walk into a Toys R Us right now and buy one Clone Wars or Le- uh, Saga Legends figure for eleven ninety nine at a Toys Two. R Us. No, 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 I'm telling you, I don't think I could buy one. Oh, I, oh. I think they're they're twelve ninety nine at Toys R Us uh, in the Canadian stores. So oh. that shows you just how big of a difference there is. Wow. Between, I could be wrong. They might only be nine. Wow. I don't know. I don't buy my toys from a Toys R Us very often. So. Yeah. Well, you know what? The only time you really, I mean, this is probably the only time Toys R Us is going to beat a Walmart or a Target or something like that when they do the two for 11, 12 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, because normally, like, Walmart's usually around 7 to $8 over here in the state. So that is probably a pretty good deal. And you're probably not going to beat that unless Walmart tries to match it somehow, which sometimes they do. You never know. But, uh, also with that for every uh looks like fifty dollars um you you get a five dollar gift card and uh i'm gonna have to blow that i can't really tell looks like for every oh was it a hundred dollars you get a ten dollar gift card um so and it, what's interesting though is the gift cards are actually a picture of quinlan voss uh, holding a lights, a green lightsaber. So, uh, yeah. in fact, JC, uh, he's the moderator on our forums. JC, you know, he's been on the show too. He texted me uh, earlier today, going, "Hey, did you see Toys R Us is doing uh, this big sale, and the gift cards have Quinlan Voss?" And he thought he was giving me some inside information, but I had to break it to him that I already had that info. And uh, but I told him I'd mention it anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah. Star Wars, uh, check it out at your local Toys R Us this week get some good deals for sure and that's uh, that's American Toys R Us's uh, yes currently taking a look at the Canadian website and there is no mention of any sort of sale right now and I was wrong I misspoke Uh, Star Wars figures at Toys R Us are currently $9.99 okay yeah so now you get two for 11 so no love for the Great White North what's going on I don't Not get so it. much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. And then also as far as collecting, the vintage collection obviously is really big. But there's a rumor report a new Darth Vader uh, could be in production uh, for late 2011. Uh, the Holonet has been buzzing with activity today as our rebel spies are hard at work. While all the data is sorted through for the Clone Wars line, here's an interesting figure for 2000, 2011's The Vintage Collection line. Uh, proving that you just can't keep a good Sith Lord down. Apparently, we're due for another version of Darth Vader, and that is the Dagobah in the cave Darth Vader, which could have Luke's face on it. So that is an interesting little take and tidbit, and maybe, uh, you know, I don't know if it's actually true, but it looks like uh, it could be coming down the pike sometime uh, next year. So... Never have enough Darth Vaders, and here we go. We got a Darth Vader with Luke's face on it. What do you know? Mm-hmm. And that's probably going to be pretty popular because that was, for The Empire Strikes Back, that was a pretty big scene. And, uh, you know, one of those 
iconic scenes that you'll you'll you always remember and here's a figure that you can uh collect to go along with that so uh what's the last thing we got going in there mike for collecting uh, the last thing we've got is a this really cool four pack of uh star wars glasses yeah over yeah. at entertainment earth um they're 10 ounce glasses and they've got uh they got some classic trilogy characters uh, we got a Han Solo one, who, uh, and then Chewbacca is also on it. Uh, uh, Luke Skywalker from Empire Strikes Back in, in his uh, X-Wing gear. Right. And then Yoda is also there. Um, and then uh, uh, Princess Leia with a little R2-D2 in the background. And then Darth Vader with a Stormtrooper. And very cool designs. Um, <clears throat> says, dishwasher safe. So that's always a, a bonus. <laughs> yeah. If you're ever going to drink out of these things, I don't know. Yeah, well, I think what they're trying to say when they say that is that, like, you don't have to worry about the images uh, getting getting distorted. Or Which is nice, yeah. That when you put it in the dishwasher. So, um, yeah. so, yeah, those are over on Entertainment Earth. Uh, any idea what the price was? On yeah, I, actually, the price is only fourteen ninety nine for uh, four of them. So it's not too bad. You know? No, that's not bad at all. The only thing that I would caution people is, uh, is just be careful when you get them if they're really thin glass i would just keep them as decorative because what happens with a lot of these novelty glasses is that um they're really really sort of haphazardly produced oftentimes in uh, third world countries like uh like in mexico and china uh, mexico's a third world country but um and uh, and sort of like the those uh, uh southeast asian uh, countries and that sort of thing that do a lot of American manufacturing and uh, and a lot of the time they're just not it's just not up to snuff for yeah. what uh, for what you want when you're putting something up to your lips um, I, I say that because I recently purchased what I thought would be reliable glasses for the uh, for the Winter Olympics back in uh, back in February um, that were part of a promotion up here in Vancouver and, uh, and as I was washing one of the glasses one evening, it just shattered. It didn't really shatter. It just, like, cracked and sliced open my finger. So uh, I don't remember if I said anything on the podcast, but I cut my finger open pretty good. And it was just because it, was a, uh, it wasn't a very sturdy glass. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that only really matters if you wash your dishes by hand. If you're throwing them in the dishwasher, then you don't have to worry. But I worry about putting them on my lips <laughs> um, and, yeah. and especially around little kids because sometimes little kids will will put their teeth on a glass yeah. and uh and start not really bite down but just sort of put a little bit of pressure and if it's cheap glass they'll sometimes break so mm-hmm. uh i would just be wary of that if you're going to order these because at a price point of 14.99 for four 10 ounce glasses i got to imagine they're not thick tumblers you know no no these aren't going to be the type that will survive a drop from the kitchen table. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like you said, there's a, you said one of the glasses had Luke and Yoda from Empire. There's a, a Darth Vader and Stormtrooper. It looks like a scene from Empire in the uh, carbon freezing chamber. Leia's in her uh, A New Hope, you know, white dress. And then the Han and Chewie. Uh, I'm not sure where that's from. It looks like the basic... Uh, I want to say it's the art from the uh, action uh, figure or something. I don't know. The probably Chewbacca. Star Wars. The Chewbacca is from uh, Episode Four, 
Yeah, no, that's what I'm both, thinking. They're both. It's the same. It's the same photo. It's one of like those really common ones of yeah, of Chewie right. and uh, Han. Han, yeah, shooting yeah. out of the um, out of the ramp on the on the Falcon. Yeah, and Chewie's got his bowcaster out. It's 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 one of the ones that we see a lot actually. Yeah, that's but, what I thought. Uh, yeah, but great great uh, glasses and uh, yeah, really cool designs. I I yeah, really hope yeah. that they're um, that the quality of the glasses themselves sort of matches up to how. How it looks, How yeah. Cool. Yeah. Look. Um, so yeah, yeah, fourteen ninety nine. So fourteen ninety nine, yeah, not, not a bad price. So check that out at Entertainment Earth, and they don't sponsor the show, I mean, but when you, yeah, when you compare <laughs> it to some of their other stuff, because I'm just on their website right now, and I'm looking at like they've got some really cool Darth Vader mugs. Uh, yeah, 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 and that sort of thing. They're only like seven dollars, so I don't know. Maybe it's just a good price. Yeah. It really doesn't have a lot to do with the quality of it. I just say be wary. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't want anybody cutting their face open on a Star Wars <laughs> class. That's the last thing we need yeah. is like for them to do a thing on the Force cast. Like, uh, what's what, what's the segment? I'm blanking on it right now. Where it, it's almost always a story from the UK of some some crazy person who's done something. Oh, like the uh, unthinkable or whatever. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, so I don't want I don't want that happening to anybody. Anybody being on the Force Cast for that reason. So, <laughs> so that's just speaking, a little bit of speaking news of the Force Cast. It'll be too late by the time anybody hears this, but James Arnold Taylor is going to be on tonight. In fact, oh, really? He's on. I'm sure he's probably on there right now because I think they start recording at five. Oh, so, okay. Wow. Um, Good for them. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's a uh, yeah, just a little bit of news and collecting that's going on uh, this past week. So. I think it's time to hit and some the free weekend. advertising for Entertainment Earth and the Forecast. Jeez, I wow. hope somebody's doing some free enter- free advertising for us. <laughs> for like, yeah, so somebody somewhere <laughs> on some podcast is like, yeah. By the way, go to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put the, we'll put the good karma out there, and we'll hope that, that yeah, somebody... hopefully it bounces back to us. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways, let's... we got we have a very important recap to do this week. So All right. Let's... I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Here's where the fun begins. I thought you might say that. If it's evil, become a great Jedi. Kenobi, Skywalker. I've missed you. Uh, right. I'm Ahsoka Tano. Destroy them both. You're both right. Let's make this a bit more interesting. For 800 years have I trained Jedi. Jedi. Incoming. Blast No! <laughs> Dude, oh, that, that's new. You just did that. You just made that one. Yeah, that I'm always tweaking. Awesome. I'm always tweaking. I don't hear these things before the show, you guys. <laughs> Matt, Matt does all these up himself, and uh, some weeks, like sometimes, you try out a new one, and I'm like, yeah, that's good. And then other times, man, you hit it out of the park because that was awesome. Oh, I'm man. trying to I was find one. Here, like listening to it, and. And for people who don't know, we listen, like, we, we put the, the audio, the segues and stuff in there live while we're recording it. Um, so if if Matt or I are loud on our microphone, sometimes you, you can hear it over the um, over the, the segues because it doesn't, like, mute us when, when it plays them. So uh, I was, like, sitting here, like, stifling laughs, like, trying so hard at the end there when it, like, ramps up, and then R2 screams, and then you get the explosion. Was, oh, man, that was too good. <laughs> yeah, I'm always, you know, I'm always tweaking and trying to find the, 
was a, it, it was. I'm always tweaking it. it it's a, it, it'll change once in a while, but I'm trying to find just the right, the perfect one to use for the whole season. So, yeah. Anyway, um, um, with that, you know what? That's the perfect, the perfect way to go into an episode featuring Jar Jar Binks. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right okay. The planet Ryloth is under separatist attack. Jedi Master Dai and his clone troopers help Cham Syndulla and the Twi'lek Freedom Fighters defend their home. But they are vastly outnumbered and quickly running out of supplies. Dai's ships in orbit are unable to provide relief supplies or reinforcements due to a strong separatist blockade surrounding the planet. The General orders Admiral Dao to contact the Jedi Council for assistance. And Mike, um, you know, here we go again with another prequel and yeah. i had you know i was i kind of figured it but out no no this one's a prequel and a sequel just like just like uh the last it's one? the it's the opposite of what the last one was because the last last week for the season premiere we got a prequel and a sequel this right. episode is a single episode that is a prequel and a sequel because it's time. a sequel to the ryloth trilogy but it's the prequel, prequel to, to Ambush. To Ambush. <laughs> so yeah. it, like, it takes two episodes, or two storylines, I should say. One from the be- like the very first episode of the series, and then the, f- the first season finale. And it links them, but in the reverse order. Like, the Ryloth trilogy happens before Ambush. And for the longest time, I was having such a hard time wrapping my brain around that, where I was like, that doesn't make any sense. How can Ryloth's trilogy be before... Yeah, like, how can this yeah. be... They're working with Champsundula, which happens after the Ryloth trilogy, but this takes place before Ambush. But Ambush was on before, and I was like... But the entire show was aired out of order. So, yeah. like, you just... It, it's one of those episodes that really hammers home, like... Don't, don't take for granted that you know where these episodes fall. And I think what they're doing with Season 3 and why they're calling it Secrets Revealed... Secrets Revealed, yeah. Is because what they're doing and what Dave Filoni said at uh, at C five, uh, I think it might have been in one of his uh, Clone Wars. Uh, I think that I think the panel was Clone Wars season three secrets revealed. That that's what the the panels were called, mm-hmm. and um, and he was saying that that they're going to for this this season for season three, they're going to tie up all of the loose story threads that they've got going, and then from season four on we're going to get um, the the stories are going to be straight through. It's not going right, to be all the right. jumping around timeline. So we'll, um, I mean, we'll see if that's what, what ends up happening. Yeah. But, uh, but that's, that was one of the things that, that Dave Filoni said at, at Celebration 5. So um, <clears throat> it seems like a lot of the episodes this season are going to do this, that a lot of them are going to go back to, to episodes from season one and two and and gonna fit them in together into the timeline and by the end of this season i think that we're gonna have a really clear idea of when everything happened oh yeah okay that's what i thought and i i was confused too when i started watching this because like you know like you said i was like i'm starting to go cross-eyed because wait a minute it's, it's an it's a prequel but it's a sequel what's going on here but anyway you know other than that though i mean it starts off pretty cool you got this uh big Jedi battle going and we get introduced to our first Jedi Nikto which we first saw the Nikto in uh, Return of the Jedi yeah. uh, you know what the thing so 
So we get our first Jedi, and he looked really cool. Good, you know, of course, as always, the, the artwork is fantastic. Um, and a great voice. Great, and, great Yeah, voice. yeah. And I don't even know. I, I didn't even check on who did the voice, but I don't think it was no, anybody I, I normal. Will, I will bring it up right now. We'll find out who did his voice. Because, um, you know, it's, it's a shame that, once again, we get a cool character who dies. Um, yeah, that, that was going to be my next point is. But, uh, yeah, like, he, he was... You know what? He's probably one of my favorite uh, original Jedi that we've seen um, in yeah. the series so far. He just had this really great air about him without really finding out a lot, and especially like when we get there in the uh, in the episode in the yeah. in the recap, we'll talk more about it. But but towards the end, it's he just has an amazing, amazing moment, and uh, yeah. It, it it's just it just goes to show how great a job they do on this show yeah, from week right. to week where we get a new character uh, and we're introduced to him and we we live with him for for 22 minutes and not even really that because the episode is also so heavily um, Jar Jar and and Bail Organa we don't really even get to spend a lot of time yeah with, uh, with oh no not enough time in my master my... For, for me, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a. It wasn't enough time for me. It was Robin. Robin Atkin, Atkin Downs. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not familiar. No. Uh, he, but he also did Champs and Dula, so yeah. he has been on before. Dual roles. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's really um, interesting. Yeah, um, so that's how I it would wonder out. who else he's done. Uh, he also did Castus, and uh, and he was Clovis. He was Rush Clovis. So uh, in the in the. Is that the second or the third episode of the Mandalorian arc? I think that was the second episode. Second, I believe, yeah. Uh, no, wait, Clovis. What? No, Clovis wasn't the Mandalorian one. He was the. Oh no, no, he was in Senate Senate Spy. Uh, Senate spy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, there you go. He's played a few characters. He's a. Yep. He's a vet. So, um, yeah, and he did. He did just such an amazing job with this character, and we really got to know him uh, in in a really short amount of time. Yeah. And. Man, it was a dense episode. It, like there was a lot packed into this one. Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah uh, but uh, oh, go ahead, Mike. Your turn. Yeah. Uh, in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, Jedi Masters Yoda, Windu, and Kenobi receive an urgent plea for help from Admiral Dow. The Admiral describes the desperate situation on Ryloth and asks that the Republic send aid immediately. Then the transmission is cut off as his ship is destroyed. With their fleet destroyed, Master Dai and his forces are now trapped. The Jedi contact Senator Bail Organa of Alderaan on his starship, the Tantive Four. They inform him of the crisis on Ryloth and ask him to go to Tordaria along with Representative Jar Jar Binks of Naboo. The Jedi need Organa to negotiate with the King of Tordaria so that their supply ship can use the planet as a staging area to reach Ryloth. And you know what I got out of this was was kind of funny too is here is Obi Wan, uh, Mace, and Yoda, and they call on they call on Organa. They say, "Hey, we need you to talk to King Katunka because yeah. the representative, you know, he Bale goes. Well, what about or, uh, Senator uh, uh, Padme Amidala? And they're like, uh, no, it's actually Jar Jar. Do you mind talking to them, to uh, King Kaduka for us? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. even, even like Obi-Wan and them are like, 
maybe we don't want Jar Jar to represent us. Organa, can you step in for us and help give us a hand here? And he's like, okay, I, I kind of understand. So, you know, even, it's funny. Even in the show, they kind of, they kind of go after Jar Jar. Poor little Jar Jar. Yeah. yeah. Darn it. Yeah, but I mean, by the end of this episode, he ends up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really, in a different light than I think that we've ever seen him before. Even even from Bombad Jedi. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome what they managed to do. Yeah. Um, okay. The Separatists intercept part of the message between the Jedi and Senator Organa, and Count Dooku dispatches Senator Lot Dodd of the Trade Federation to Toydaria. The Tantive Four arrives on Toydaria, and Bail is greeted by Jar Jar, who has arrived with the Republic's relief supplies. Toydarian guards insist that off-world, offworlders are not welcome, but Bail insists on personally delivering the message to the king himself. So I'll ask you, Mike, because I kind of got confused here. Um, as far as the Republic is on there, we got the clones down there, we got uh, Jedi Master Dai. What I'm trying to figure out why they are there and what's going on with with Ryloth that mm-hmm. the Separatists are on it. I mean, do they the Separatists just want this planet for? Uh, uh, you I'm know trying to figure what? out what I, the battle was for, though. You yeah, know I mean? I'd have to watch back. Ambush to, or something? To, oh, the Ryloth trilogy? Yeah, back to the Ryloth trilogy and see if there was something specific that the uh, that the the Separatists were after. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just that Ryloth is is uh, is a fairly influential world and it's a it's it's not one of the I don't think it's one of the core worlds. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously Twi'leks are fairly prominent in Star Wars and Ornfree Ta is a pretty uh, he's a pretty influential character in the political stuff behind the scenes in the, in the films and everything so um, like he's he's sort of one of those senators that's always being seen with uh, with uh, Palpatine and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. um, so I just think that it's that, that Ryloth is, is an important it's probably like a gateway planet along one of the hyperspace routes or something like that maybe so it's yeah just, so it's just a really again. important area mm-hmm. um and just really strategically important not necessarily for any specific thing not like uh because <coughs> man i'm forgetting all my planet names right now um i can remember why they're all important for the war effort but i can't remember what they're called um what's the one that ala sakura dies on in episode three Felucia. Felucia is yeah. really important because of all of the plant life, and, plant life, and yeah. as we see in uh, in um, Bounty Hunters, in the episode Bounty Hunters, uh, they have the the medicinal herbs that right, they grow right. on the planet, mm-hmm. and and there's stuff like that. Like there are other planets that have specific things. I think that Ryloth is just it's just one of those important planets. Yeah. It's like if you tried to okay blockade Corellia or something like that, right? Right, um, right. It's just, it's an influential planet. In the, okay. in the, yeah, I just want to make sure I didn't uh, I, I didn't miss anything. It could be just one of those things that they're just battling over a planet and that's basically all it is. I just uh, was thinking, did I miss something or was there something in the in the Ryloth trilogy that maybe I forgot? Yeah, but, yeah uh, I don't know. I'd have to go yeah. back yeah. a long time since I've okay. watched that trilogy. But uh, also here, we get Jar Jar, and it's Ahmed Best voicing Jar Jar. And, you know, like I said, you know, people have probably heard before, I'm not the biggest Jar Jar fan, but I have to say it was kind of cool 
to hear the original Jar Jar Binks back, you know, and Ahmed yeah. Best doing the character, and uh, he sounded exactly like he did in episode one. So um, it was kind of cool, you know. It wasn't really didn't bother me at all, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. The two Republic diplomats enter the throne room of King Katunka. The king fiercely defends his neutral position in the war, but Organa and Binks beg his help to send aid to the innocent people of Ryloth. Lot Dodd arrives and tries to convince the king otherwise. He argues that the king will violate his neutrality if he helps the Republic defend Ryloth from the Separatists. The conflicted King Katunko discusses matters in private with his ministers. Explain that Toydaria is a neutral system. We are not part of the Republic. Yes, Your Majesty. That is why we have come before you as friends. There is a humanitarian crisis on Ryloth. Millions will be starving and dying without your help. My esteemed colleague and I humbly beg that you allow us to use Toydaria as a staging ground to supply the planet with relief aid. Do not make your decision in haste, Your Majesty. There are other factors you might wish to consider. You know, even La Dodd sounded like he did in episode one, but, uh, you know, here's, here, this part of the story, it, you know, makes perfect sense. Here's a battle over, you know, with the Separatists, or the, not the Separatists, the Trade Federation and the Republic who want to use Tordaria. And this is where it finally dawned on me that, yeah, this is actually before uh, Ryloth because um, Kinkatuka doesn't really have any ties to anybody right now. And... Um, you know, it's ambush. before, I mean, before ambush, yeah. And, you know, uh, Organa saying, hey, we, we want to use this as a, a staging ground. And then La Dodd's going to come in and say, you know, that's what Organa says, but, you know, eventually it's just going to turn into a military facility. Do you really want that? So we got these two sides going at it on, you know, who's going to convince the king uh, for that, for that effort, you know, to use their planet. Yeah. And so that's when it started. Everything started to come together about where this was in the timeline and what they wanted. So, um, but a kind of cool scene there. You know, we get uh, uh, Lot Dodd back in in the Clone Wars here. So, uh, go ahead, Mike. Want to start off yep. again? Uh, back on Ryloth, the clones and Twi'leks continue to assist the overwhelming droid forces. At their central camp, Captain Keeley informs General Dai that the right flank of their defenses collapsed. Frustrated by the lack of Republic aid, Cham Syndulla decides to move his people to safety. Captain Keeley argues that with their right flank gone, the droids will overrun the Twi'leks before they can escape. I just gotta say really quick, Captain Keeley's uh, helmet deco is one of the best ones that they've done so far. Like that, his and mm -hmm. uh, and and the wolf pack. The wolf pack, uh, yeah. Commander Wolf and, and those guys. Especially like the second versions, at, like from season two, um, the gray versions, so so awesome. When you get to see something just a little bit more than some stripes, yeah, you know, onto a helmet. And Captain Keeley sort of got like those. Could those you tell what it was? Horns. Yeah, I, I thought it was horns. Yeah, I think it's like. supposed to be a wampa, because wampas have those like they have those curled horns. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like it yeah. really could be anything, right? Like I I don't know. I don't know that there's any specific info out there on on Captain Keeley and exactly what he uh, what his whole thing is. Let's see Keeley in the, in the Wikipedia. 
it's it like, looked like it's something like with horns, yes. Yeah. 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 He's just got a really short thing in the, in the Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it, it might not be anything specifically, because, oh, I guess that they kind of curl up, so it's more of like a ram mm-hmm. than it is yeah. like that, yeah, right. But then right. he's also got like he's got like these spikes sort of curling down on the on the sides of it. I don't know. I think it's just a really really cool helmet design. Yeah, uh, they always do an awesome job with these clones and yeah. these designs. Yeah. Uh, on Tordaria, King Katuko allows Bail Organa and Lot Da to present their arguments. Bail respects Tordaria's neutrality and only wishes to send humanitarian aid to the Twi'leks, who are innocent victims of the war. He plays a message from the Senator Orn Frita of Ryloth, begging the king to help save his dying people. Lot Dodd contends that the Separatists will view any Tordarian aid as a violation of their neutrality, thus jeopardizing an important trade agreement between Tordaria and the Trade Federation. King Katinko considers both point, uh, points of view and says that he will inform the senators once he has come to a conclusion. And I, you know, I totally forgot that when you see La Dodd, you just automatically think Trade Federation. But we have to remember that there's still a, uh, a Trade Federation and the Separatists are separated. And I keep yeah. forgetting that. There's still the Trade Federation in the Senate. And they're, you know, for, for as far as anybody knows, they're still, you know. Uh, not connected. Yeah. Not still, connected with anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's where we get, you know, Lot Dodd and, and his views on what he should, you know, what he thinks should happen. Um, yeah, and I mean, he says, he makes the comment that uh, <clears throat> that Newt Gunray is a radical. And yeah, yeah. His views don't represent the views of, of all of the, the Trade Federation. But the thing is, is that, like, at the end of the day, Count Duke was the one who sent Lot Dodd. Yeah. to do this so that's true yeah and, and like, we you know forgot the about truth, like he's yeah he's lying through his teeth and you can't forget that that mm. that the trade federation is just putting up a good front and uh like most businesses uh putting up <laughs> yeah. a good front uh and saying that you know like oh no, no, no we don't have anything to do with this we just want to make a buck you know yeah but really behind the scenes they're they're having their strings pulled by uh by some pretty bad dudes so yeah, and we totally forgot that, uh, you know, uh, Dooku was in this episode right in the beginning, just real quickly uh, talking to uh, La Da, and he was actually sitting, it looked like he might have been meditating, sitting on that rotating platform. That Yeah, we yeah, his little, his little platform that spins around. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool, yeah, yeah. So, good scene there. Uh, go ahead, Mike. On Ryloth, Master Dai devises a strategy for the Republic forces to hold the droid army at bay. He plans to collapse the passage on their left flank and engage the droids up the middle long enough for the Twi'leks to escape to safety. Uh, if we reconfigure the fuel system, we can turn the ship into a bomb big enough to collapse the pass here. The enemy will then only be able to engage us on one front from this ravine. While we provide cover, the Twi'leks will have time to escape with the families over the mountain. Brilliant strategy, General. I'll go tell the men. And once again, we see that, uh, you know, these Jedi, especially these generals, fantastic tacticians, and, you know, they know how to get the job done. 
And what was also cool about, about around this scene too is, again, with, with some of this animation, what they do and, and the attention to detail, um, there was a shot where he's actually talking to uh, Cham Sanduli and he's riding the, uh, I don't even know what that creature was. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to look up what exactly it was, but he's riding that, whatever it is, a two-legged creature. And it's actually, he's actually walking around with the creature and, and talking, you know, much like you would see like in a Western, a guy on a horse and, you know, he's talking, but he's kind of moving the horse around. Same type of animation. It's just like the attention to, to some of the details like that that just kind of draw you in. And yeah. like I, I've said time and time again about, about things like that and how I love just little things they do like that to just make it so good. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, in the Toydarian throne room, King Katuko announces his decision to protect his planet's neutrality and not help the Republic. Shortly afterwards, he approaches Bale and Jar Jar in private and says that he cannot ignore the suffering of Ryloth. He will allow them to send the supplies they brought with them as long as the Trade Federation cannot link Toydaria to the mission. So King Katuka already has a kind of a soft spot here, and, and we heard in that little uh council they had that you know part of their ideals um is like i can't remember exactly how they put it mike but uh is compassion uh you know and and to help others yeah uh, yeah really like a stark difference from uh from wado the uh, yeah the, the yeah yeah we knew previous to this series which um wado being sort of the slimy junk dealer that he is that has a slave and well has slaves uh, plural and uh, and that sort of thing and is a gambler and, and then you get what is actually like a really rich culture uh with with these amazing moral uh guidelines that they live by which is what allows them to be neutral and exactly all that sort of thing and uh and and it's it's a really interesting way to sort of flip what we thought a species was on the show on, um, in Star Wars, you know, like uh, we we really thought that we had we we get that way though as Star Wars fans, like we see one example, like Boba Fett, and then we want all of the Mandalorians to be just like Boba Fett, and yeah, then it's yeah. like, no, that's not the way it is. Like you meet one guy from I don't know wherever, pick a place, Hawaii. And uh, and and then you just assume that everybody in Hawaii acts exactly the same way. Well, no, that's not the way it is. People are different, no matter where they're from, right? It's a it's a it's actually a really good lesson, sort of sub subconscious les lesson on tolerance. Yeah. That yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. that sort of like to take our our preconceived notions and sort of flip them on their heads. So that's uh, it's something really interesting that they're doing. Yeah. That, that, that Dave Filoni and George Lucas have uh, sort of come up with. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, that evening, the two Republic representatives hold a dinner for King Katuko, Lot Dodd, and their assistants. Uh, Senator Organa excuses himself abruptly, stating urgent business with Alderaan, and leaves his guests in the care of Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Ryloth, the Twi'leks make ready to leave their camp. Cham Syndulla is still bitter, and General Dai regrets that the Republic was unable to provide more assistance. As the Twi'leks depart, the clones prepare for their final defense. Using a gunship filled with explosives, they collapse the passage on their left flank, 
cutting off the path of the advancing droid army. On a loading dock on Tordaria, Bale directs clone troopers as they stalk Republic blockade runners with relief supplies. He sends a message to Jar Jar that the ships are ready to depart. In the dining hall, Jar Jar gathers the plates and cups of his guests and begins stacking them in what he calls a conceptual work of art. In honor of the Trade Federation, he successfully distracts Senator Dodd with his antics while supplies, uh, Republic supply ships take off and pass by outside the windows as they leave for Ryloth. And, you know, couldn't think of a better way for Jar Jar to uh, help out than using his clumsiness in a positive way. And actually, this yeah. wasn't really being clumsy. This was actually no, was the opposite. Yeah, he meant to do all this, and this is part of what makes uh, mm -hmm. him good. You know, and it worked perfectly. Organa and him had this plan, and it and it worked perfect. Distract yeah. this, yeah. distract yeah. everybody. It's, you know, and he's good at that. It's pretty funny because you know you expect, like. It, I think everybody's looking at Jar Jar and going, oh, what's he going to do now? And and they're translating that, like you said earlier, even to the characters on screen. They're like, well, what's Jar Jar going to try and pull this time? And, uh, and then, well, what he's going to pull is exactly what he needs to. And he's going to do what he has to do. And instead of being a hindrance, he's actually going to be an asset. Yeah. He's going to essentially save the day. I mean, without him doing this stuff the the trade federation would have caught on and then and then they would have uh they would have blockaded probably toydaria as well and then the separatists would move in and who knows what would happen so um where jar jar may have started this entire war in the first place uh he did so trying to do the right thing and here he's sort of making up for it by, yeah definitely by and, definitely being helpful oh yeah and and what was funny too is there's a scene when he's actually doing this yeah. Um, the, the ships get by, and one of Lot Dodd's aides who's sitting next to him, you know, he's actually enjoying it. He's sitting there clapping, and he then you get a shot of uh, you get a shot of Lot Dodd looking back at him like, uh, "What are you doing?" You know, and another <laughs> yeah. another subtle moment that you know only <laughs> people like us would pick up on, you know, yeah, in a funny moment, um, yeah, in that too. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Back on Ryloth, Master D and his clone troops take up defensive positions in a canyon and prepare to fight off the droids and buy time for the Twi'leks to get to safety. They fight bravely, but the droids far outnumber them, and it is not long before Master Dai and Captain Keeley are the only two defenders left standing. The general tells his captain to keep fighting and make their end memorable. The two are surrounded by droids, and Keeley is gunned down. As the droids close in on Master, D Master Dai, the Republic supply ships pass by overhead having successfully broken through the Separatist blockade. In his last moments, Dai is relieved that the Twi'leks will live to fight another day. He is shot several times by droids and falls dead. As Chamsundula leads his people along a path through the mountains, the Republic ships fly over them and drop escape pots full of food and medical supplies for the Twi'leks. Captain Cutie! I'm not finished yet, sir. We can do this, General! Well, let's make the end memorable! This is Republic Blockade Runner 0909er. We have broken through. 
Twi'lex will live to fight another day. The supplies have arrived at the drop point. And I have to say, Mike, you know, this episode obviously wasn't, you know, obviously one of my favorites already, but it's, we're only third one. But what a fantastic scene this was. Yeah. My favorite scene of this whole this whole uh, episode right here. You know, it was that 300 moment, that Braveheart moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sinduli, uh, Sinduli, not Sinduli, but uh, Master Dai mm-hmm. and uh, his, uh, and Keely. They know that this is their last stand. They know they're going to die. But yeah. you're out there saying, hey, yeah. let's make one last ditch effort. Let's, you know, hold them off oh, as long when, as we can, you know. When Keely, get, he, Keely and he gets goes hit. down. Yeah. And then after a minute, he gets back up and he starts fighting again. Yeah. And, yeah. and he says, that he's like, I'm not done yet. And then he takes a couple of shots to the chest and keeps fighting and then takes a couple more and then goes down. And then, <clears throat> I have not seen this in any any of the Star Wars stuff. So I, you can call it inconsistent if you want, but I'm gonna say that it's just a, a testament to how awesome uh, Master D, Master Die is. Yeah. He takes two blaster bolts directly to the chest. Yeah. yeah. And keeps fighting. Yeah. And like keeps going, because he's just got like this will to to defeat these guys or at least hold them off long enough. For these people to uh, to to escape, for the Twi'leks to escape, and that is exactly what the Jedi mentality is. You know, like it it's it's for knowledge and defense, and this is not just for his defense. This isn't selfish defense. It's not like you know he's just trying to save his own butt. But this is like the epitome of everything that that Yoda talks about in Empire, where. He's being completely selfless. He's not thinking of anything but, you know, preserving life right. and doing what he has to do. And he sacrifices himself to that end, And he, but not without fighting one heck of a fight first. And oh, yeah. in an episode where I was kind of half paying attention to a lot of it, this scene came up and just, like, it slapped me in the face. Like, yeah. it just yeah. hit me. And I was like... I got like I got my hairs all standing on end and and just like this chill down my back as as he says you know the Twi'leks will live to fight another day and and then he dies <clears throat> and the music swells and everything yeah and it was exactly. just like it was one of those moments where it's not even it, it transcends even a Star Wars moment like yeah. it goes beyond that and it was just a great moment of storytelling just of a character that we that we barely know that we have no real emotional connection to but in this one scene they just sum up what it is to be a jedi and and, you know like that any one of them would make this sacrifice and it's it's just such an amazing powerful scene so well yeah and and like you said one episode to in, in only 22 minutes to get to know this character but you've seen this scene and 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 it just you know, it's perfect. I mean, the way they did it, and and like I said earlier, just that that moment that he knows he's going to die, but but he's going to do whatever he can, and he actually gets to hear that yes, he is going to die, but 
he he accomplished what he wanted to do. Yeah. They got to safety. The the supply was dropped, so it kind of ends uh, not well. But you know what I mean. He he kind of knows that he what he did helped yeah. and it worked. And yeah, it's kind of a bittersweet happy. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And it was a great scene, though. One uh, a favorite right there. Like you said, just kind of pulls you out. You're like, whoa, this is yeah. awesome, you know. And yeah. but uh, it finishes up here on on a Toydarian landing. Uh, Toydarian landing platform Kinkatuko bids farewell to Senator Organa and Representative Binks an unhappy Lockdial approaches them having learned of the Republic's relief mission to Ryloth Bale suggests that Dodd take his grievances before the Senate if he believes the Toydarians have broken their treaty with the Trade Federation Senator Dodd cr- uh, grumbles that the Senate takes too long to decide anything and he leaves angrily King Katuko reconsiders his neutral stance. He tells Bale that he wishes to meet with the Jedi about joining the Republic and that he is glad he could help the people of Ryloth. So it ends up good and we end, and it ends up, uh, you know, this is how we get to ambush where uh, he meets, he sees Yoda and, and that how that episode unfolds. So um, kind of ties everything up there. So it was a pretty cool episode you know i wasn't expecting a lot you know because we knew jar jar was coming in but yeah you know i was it was cool you know I, it didn't bother me at all and then seeing jedi master die even though it was one episode great character we kind of knew beforehand uh, if you watched any of the special videos that were out from uh, cartoon network uh you kind of knew dave filoni hinted that his his name yeah. meant uh his full name is I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. So we kind of knew this was, I, at least I kind of knew what was going to happen to him, yeah. but, uh, they handled it very well and, uh, all around pretty good episode. Not yeah, as good yeah. as uh, the opening, obviously, but, uh, not bad at all though. Yeah, no, no, a pretty solid episode. I mean, yeah. it's not going in my top 10, but, um, yeah, pretty amazing. Actually the response from a lot of you guys on the forums. And I went on there the other day, and I and I actually I had to say something because I was just like I was blown away at how much you guys out there, you listeners, liked it. Yeah, really loved this episode. And and a lot of you are saying like like when I went on because um, I can't remember who, but somebody set up like a, a poll to say like you know rate this episode, and I put it at a five out of ten because really other than the scene where where Master Die dies, I. Uh, it, it, I could really kind of take it or leave it. It was all right. It was good. It wasn't bad. But, um, you know, I'm not going to go back and rewatch this episode a whole bunch, you know? Yeah. Uh, not like yeah. I did the, the season premiere. Right, episode. right. Yeah. So um, I was kind of like, yeah, five. I mean, it's a solid five. It's a good episode. It's not a bad episode, but it's kind of forgettable, right? Um, but then you guys are, are all like rating it as like a 10 out of 10. And, and I was kind of like, wow, these these guys really like this episode. And then I started <laughs> reading some of the comments, and it was just like, I I don't I I honestly don't know what it is because for myself, it's just really not that standout of an episode. Maybe it's just that you guys are so amped for some Clone Wars right now, yeah, that, that anything's gonna be awesome. Or maybe it's just that you they like you have a different perspective because a lot of you guys are are a few years younger than me. And I mean, I'm I'm a few years younger than Matt, so Matt and I have different perspectives on oh yeah, yeah. on what we like about Star Wars. But um, <clears throat> to be 
to be that little bit younger and to have been, I mean, I was 13 or 14, I think I was 13 when episode one came out. And, uh, and if I was 13, then that would put some of our other guys at, at like 10 and under, mm-hmm. um, some, some of the guys that were commenting. So for them, Jar Jar is as much Star Wars as Chewbacca is to, to us. us. Right, you right. Know? And, um, and that perspective is just really interesting. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that we've got such an awesome community over on, on our new forums at StarWarsDaily.com that uh, you guys can get on there and you guys can talk about this stuff and you can feel free enough to say, man, I really loved that Jar Jar-centric episode. And for people not to be like, Jar Jar, you're such a loser. Because if you went on on like the Jedi Council forums, where there's a lot of like the old school fans and, and that sort of thing, or you went on to like just a general sci-fi forum mm-hmm. that wasn't specifically Star Wars, I'm sure you'd get torn apart. That they would just rip you a new one for thinking that, that an episode with Jar Jar is a good episode. <laughs> but... Yeah. But for us, it's like, you know what? It's not my thing, and I thought it was all right. And I, you know, I per- personally enjoy Bombad Jedi more than I enjoyed this one, which is like the goofier Jar Jar. But, yeah. um, but like, that's my perspective, and that's, that's all it is. It's just my opinion. I like what I like, and other people are allowed to like what they like. And, and we've got that freedom over on our forums and with our community that people can just, you know, talk about what they like. Yeah, definitely. About somebody trashing what they say so i really appreciate that and i saw i said as much on the forums so yeah and that's what it's the forums sort of are for a good advertisement for our forums that, yeah it's exactly what they're like, for it's, it's yeah. an awesome place to go and discuss because nobody's gonna nobody's gonna pick apart what you've got to say your opinion is your opinion and, yeah you know just there to discuss star wars because we're fans so. yeah and that was that was pretty much my take on it it was uh it was an okay it was a pretty good episode but it, it but these these episodes, there's always something in here that that jumps out at me, and it's like, wow, that was awesome. Even though the episode was as a whole wasn't like the greatest, yeah. there's always these one these moments here and there that just you're just like, wow, that was awesome. You know, just just because it's not your favorite storyline doesn't yeah, mean that yeah. it wasn't well made. Like, right, right. That's kind of the thing is that even when they're doing these these uh, side stories that that don't really have Anakin and Obi Wan and aren't really part of the the overall story or or tying into a bunch of stuff or whatever, um, they still take the care to make sure that it's the best possible episode that it can be, and and I think like that that's really the big difference between season one and season three. Where season one they were just trying to figure out how to do stuff, yeah. And now they know how to do stuff, and it's kind of like, well, how can we do this the best? How can we do this better than we've done it before? Mm-hmm. It's like, how can we have Jar Jar in an episode that is better than any of his appearances? ever before and they managed to do <laughs> yeah, it yeah you know, they yeah managed to show us the side of the character that that we were supposed to see in in the the original other in the original the, the prequel trilogy right um but that maybe didn't quite come through as clearly as we as we could have had it mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I think it's amazing yeah well that's uh that's what we thought of that episode um 
now it's time to uh, head on over Excuse to the mailbag. Excuse me, but might I interrupt you for a moment? Metropolis Comics is a new breed of comic store. We're cleaner, brighter, we're constantly adapting, providing you with all the toys and comics you're looking for. Transformers, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Gundams, Final Toys, T-shirts and comics, movie toys, World of Warcraft, G.I. Joe and comics, comics, model supplies, statues, graphic novel, which is just another way of saying comics, or right across the street from Metrotown. But hold on, wait a minute. Did you say that you don't live here? Well, now you don't have to. Metropolis Comics and Toys is opening an online store. Did you just jump for joy? Stranger things have happened. For instance, some people badly want to shop with us online, but then they forget the website. Don't let this happen to you. www.metropolis-comics.com www.metropolis-comics.com The Secret Stash Online All right, let's hit the mailbag. Uh, Mike, we got our mail today from Jared Sly. Yes. And uh, he says, Hey, Mike and Matt, your podcast is amazing as usual. Hey, well, thank you. Just thought I'd bring up some stuff from the Clone Wars. One great thing I've noticed from Season 3 is the moments. For example, as the cadets go through the final test, 99 is shot. Uh, Master Die makes his final stand. Um, I also wanted to point out that the episode Arc Troopers is in a three-episode arc, and the space battle has Arc 170s. I thought this was funny. One last thing, the clone cadets from Death Trap, the first Boba Fett episode, have different hairstyles and hair colors. But the clones from Domino Squad, who are ob obviously much older, have the standard black haircut. Are adult cadets required to have standard haircuts? I'm interested in your opinions. Jared from Utah, P.S. Cham, Sindula, rocks. And I had mentioned uh, in the first part of his email, he talks about the moments, and, and that's exactly what I'm talking about, is, is these moments it has, and it could be just one moment that stands out like it did in this yeah. episode. It could be multiple moments like we saw in the first two of this season so yeah this definitely this show has the moment factor in it um and he's talked about 99 as well uh, another great moment in there uh as far as the haircuts mike um i have a sort of a theory on that what do you, what do you think about the haircut thing as far as the the uh, uh, clones you know what i think i think it's that um we've got multiple ranks of clones coming up and as as we've sort of noted we talked about it last week um as they go on these clones seem to be more individualistic and that sort of thing and and they may just be adapting um and that's sort of one of those things where they show like these uh adult cadets as we're seeing them which i, I don't know that i would necessarily state that they're adult cadets right i would yeah. think that they're probably around and it's hard to tell because they all look so similar but there are things that sort of let you know that these guys are a little bit younger. And I would say that these guys are in their, in their really early 20s, if not maybe even like 19. Mm -hmm. And now you have to take into account that they are accelerated aging. So it's, it's double. Right, right. So they'd only be like nine and a half. Ten, years. nine, yeah, yeah. right. Um, yeah. But, and, then, and then the younger clones would be even more individualistic so like these guys these these younger ones um well i should say the the older cadets would have been a little bit more docile a little bit more towards and i mean domino squad is apparently one of the first examples of them sort of coming out of that that uh you know cookie cutter mold and starting to be a little bit more individualistic and that sort of thing <clears throat> maybe not to the point where they are um, out there doing their own thing and, and you know going crazy with the hairstyles like Greece got the the double mohawk and yeah. that, that sort of thing 
and the other thing is that like that happens once they're out on the on the front line right so, exactly like, they, they develop very individual personalities based on their experiences um i think that with the kids it's just i i think it's just that like they're they're uh because they're younger they're sort of they get to do a little bit more right yeah it's yeah. be a little bit more interesting yeah that sort of thing um yeah, yeah i don't know what do you think well that's uh, you kind of mentioned it there is is here's my take is that when the clones are going through their let's call it the academy or whatever you want to call it you know it's kind of military style like and and it kind of happened to me too when i went through the police academy is everybody's the same you know you got short haircuts you all wear the same clothes everything's uniform you're all the same once you graduate then you get your you know your squad or whatever and then you can kind of you're kind of free now you can do what you want you've passed all the tests you've made it through now you're kind of your own. And that's what we see here in the Clone Wars. You see these guys that are going through the training. They're all the same. Same haircuts. Everything's uniform. But once they get out into the front lines, like you said, Mike, that's when they start letting go a little bit. They start getting their own personality and, and naming themselves. Fives, Echo, Heavy, whatever. Start naming themselves. Give themselves haircuts because they're starting. You know, they want to be sort of individualized they want to have their own uh persona their own individuality so um that's why i think you see obviously the different haircuts on the clones that are on the in the war path on the main front lines uh the ones who are still going through the training academy they're going to have that because uh i think that's just what what they want them to have while they're going through the training now as far as the kids i'm not sure you know i think you said it mike it's just uh, you know the kids are kind of left to their own devices whatever they want to do we saw totally different haircuts uh with with the young with the young clones but i think once the young clones start into the the real academy style heavy training with the weapons and everything that's when they cut the hair and everybody's the same they got the clone yeah. armor on so uh that's that's kind of my take on that so uh cham sandula no cham sandula does not rock jared you rock for sending in that mail <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to the uh post of the week mike okay so the post of the week is from uh darth slim also known as kyle avery who is our uh, he's our, our uh, write-up recap writer yes uh, and he wrote this post he's one of the moderators as well over there and is uh the title of his post is what took so long and he he writes, I've never uh, read or played Shadows of the Empire, so maybe someone who has can help me out here. According to the timeline, R Return of the Jedi takes place about a year after Empire Strikes Back. Why did it take the Rebels a whole year to rescue Han? They all knew Jabba had put a price on his head. Even if they didn't know that Boba Fett was working for him, Jabba would have at least been a good lead to start with. I know that's definitely the first place I would look. So, uh, here, I can... I can answer this because I've actually I've played the video game uh, okay. and I've read the comic book. I haven't read the novel, but <clears throat> I hear like it's all the same story. So, um, in in the the video game, well, in the comic book more so, uh, the reason why is because they actually they're looking for Boba Fett because Boba Fett can't make it all the way to Tatooine in one straight shot, and they know that's where he's going mm -hmm. because. Um, because they know that that's like the bounty that, that Boba was collecting. So they know he's heading to Tatooine, but they try and intercept him. So in the process, uh, they 
let's see, they catch up with him, I think, twice on different planets. And, uh, and he always sort of escapes from them, like he narrowly gets away. And, uh, and they sort of just chase him throughout. And meanwhile, in there, uh, Luke ends up getting separated from the rest of them, and then uh, right. uh, Wade goes with the Bothans to, to retrieve the info about the second Death Star, and, and a whole bunch of other stuff happens in there. So um, it's about a year. It's not exactly a year. It's not like it took 365 days for them to, yeah, right, to right. get back to the story. It just it took them a while to, to sort of catch up and for Boba Fett to, to get away and all that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And by the time that they, they, you get to Return of the Jedi, uh, at least from my perspective, from what I, I've seen in the movie and what I would think, is that um, they've been there for a bit, like Boba and, and Han uh, have been there for a little while, long enough for, for Jabba to have gotten, like he makes the comment, like, I like my new decoration. Where he yeah, is. right. Um, that, that uh, you know, he's kind of, he's been there for a little while. Yeah. At least like a week or so. Yeah, um, and uh, and then they they show up and they sort of catch up to him. So yeah, uh, that would be my opinion. Well, I, I like to throw in some uh, some other t- you know uh, regular Star Wars and sometimes into into the mails into the posts and and mm-hmm. I thought this was a good one too because I had actually commented on this on the forums and uh, I didn't actually I've read Shadows of the Empire but it's been so long that I, I can't even remember you know. Uh, any any of that i just thought that here's han you know he's 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 resting well comfortably i guess you'd say in the uh, carbonite i mean he's he's fine there's nothing wrong with him he's everything's cool you know he's not in any danger there um and then i figured well you know they sent lando over there to kind of infiltrate java's palace so he's got you know it's going to take time for him to to get into the whole workings of of java's palace because he's actually a guard in there and Return of the Jedi, so he's probably getting intel and and all that. Uh, you know, Luke has still got to go through some training. You know, he's not done with his training yet. When we see him in Return of the Jedi, he's in all black. Um, you know, obviously he's done more training, than more studying. Uh, maybe he, maybe they're waiting for him to uh, be a little stronger in the Force because they know yeah. they're going to have to go bust out Han and they're going to have to deal with Boba Fett and and Jabba and all this. So. Um, just a couple things that kind of jumped in my mind, but uh, you got actually yours from the Shadows of the Empire game. Uh, more so from the comic book. Comic the book, game okay, movie yeah. Follows yeah. Dash Rendar, but the comic book yeah. follows. Um, sort of fills in some of the gaps. I'm told in in the novel, um, or it might be the other way around. Yeah. But uh, they were sort of all done to be complementary. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, thanks, Kyle, for the uh, for the post. Good good little uh, topic there kind of mm-hmm. um but now we get to go to our upcoming uh episode description which is the sphere of influence uh when pantoran chairman papanoida's family is kidnapped and held for ransom ahsoka tano must team up with senator rio chuchi to aid the new chairman in recovering his family it's a journey deep into the dark underbelly of coruscant of the coruscant crime scene with an unlikely and immediately recognizable Protagonist painted into a corner and forced into action in sphere of influence. 
on an all-new episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Someone has kidnapped Chairman Papanoida's daughters. Ahsoka and Chuchi are back together, and it's all Jabba's fault. What is the meaning of this? Long story, but guess what? Greedo's involved. Looking for someone, Chairman? Yeah, we said Greedo. Thought you might like that. Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 3, Secret Reveal. New episode next Friday at 9. So, Mike, uh, wow, look at all this. Greedo, Java, and Papanoida, which is actually George is, Lucas. Is Greedo speaking English? Greedo See, speak and, English? and you picked up on it as quickly as I did. Was that the first time you've heard that? Yeah, uh, that's okay. the first time. And I was... I, See, you you picked that up just like I did. I was like, oh, man, because he kind of almost sounds like Greedo in the movie. But yeah, he's he talking totally in does. basic. Like the voice, the voice is great. But yeah, he's speaking basic. Yeah. That, so I'm probably gonna have an issue with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that it, bugs. Like you know what? I'll I'll let you say that like some characters never spoke. So if you want to say that they speak basic, like Boss, then that's fine. There's some leeway there. Yeah. Uh, but Greedo only spoke Hutties and. Yeah. Movie. And this is, yeah, I mean, if you know the Frontlines podcast, you know that's one of my main gripes is not having the, uh, you know, yeah, just just do it, man. Just do the subtitles, man. It's yeah. it's all right. You know, it's we're at just season for, three now. Just for one character every <laughs> once in a while. Oh, not man. Yeah. Especially you, know you know what it is? It's just that they're on Cartoon Network and they want kids to watch the show. Yeah. And they don't yeah. want the kids to have to read. Now, I think that's terrible yeah. because if I were a kid... And I was watching the show, and you know, like there were subtitles coming up, and I couldn't read them fast enough. That would be all the more reason for me to learn to read better. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe that's how I look at it. Maybe that's not how kids nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got Ahsoka coming back finally for season three here. That's cool. Yep. Uh, Chairman Papanoida, which is uh, George Lucas, and yeah. you've seen probably the, some of this the clips. I mean, it's. It's just it looks just like George Lucas, but my thing was is George Lucas going to do the voice? And apparently he's not. No. Not a big deal because he didn't speak in Return of the Jedi, so it's no big deal, whatever. But it is going to be Corey Burton, I believe, yep. doing the voice. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, Corey he's going to be playing. He's awesome. So, and Papanoida looks like he's one one bad dude, man. He's got the he's got the uh, blasters. He has incorrect information. We have more correct information than IMDb. So I'm going to go to CloneWarsPodcast.com instead. And yeah. read the proper information. Which, by the way, everybody, uh, you can look forward to getting clips and uh, and and info uh, behind the scenes info every week now because because uh, I get this email blast from from Lucasfilm directly from Lucasfilm. Where else are you gonna find that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> pretty much everywhere because okay. So. Getting it, right? <laughs> but. You don't have to sift through a bunch of other Star Wars news in order to find it if you go to CloneWarsPodcast.com. And uh, so, like, the... the um, You're going to find a, it on the Force cool cast. Picture. Uh, That's true. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's no. a cool picture Just of, uh, of Baron Papanoida uh, that we got and, um, and, uh, and a description and then some, uh, some behind-the-scenes info along with... Uh, Let's see. Here's here's the the cast. I, Jets, Jet, uh, the 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 four characters are George Lucas is Baron Papanoida, 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, we don't. I don't think we have names for the other characters, or maybe they do have names, but I can't think of them at the moment. But they are based off of George Lucas's children, Amanda, Katie, and Jet. Mm-hmm. Um, Jet's right. character is played is going to be voiced by Seth Green. Amanda's is uh, uh, Amanda and Katie's are by Meredith Salinger, who voices Bear Sophie, and Mika Futterman, who plays Asajj Ventress, respectively. And then, yeah, Lucas himself is uh, Corey Burton, who plays Dooku, Cad Bane, Zero, yeah, a bunch of other characters. Awesome as well. characters, so, yeah, great. Yeah, I'm great sure he'll voice. do amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to that. I'm actually looking forward to it. It looks like really good, a lot of action. Yeah. So, yeah, st- uh, stoked for that one. So that's going to do it for us, though, Micah, for this week. That is it. That's All our, right. That's our whole episode. So, uh Thanks for listening. Uh, you head over to uh, CloneWarsPodcast.com, like I said, for uh, all the latest info on Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter name, username Clone Wars. That's the best way to, uh, to get instant updates when we update the website. It goes directly to Twitter and directly to Facebook, which if you head to Facebook.com slash Podcast, you can join us on, on uh, Facebook and, and like our fan page or whatever they're calling them. Uh, and uh, and don't forget to join us on the Star Wars Daily forums at forum.starwarsdaily.com. Sounds so that's good. It. That's, that's everything. It. Yeah, and you can email myself at mike at clonewarspodcast.com, and you can email Matt at matt at clonewarspodcast.com. And, and like Mike said, just do a CC and email us both so we both get yeah. it and uh, yeah. we're both on the same page. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and... May the Force be with you, and we will see you all next week. See you next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force is strong with you all. And it will be with you always.